Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. That it does. The weekend kicks off in a podcast. I'm actually excited about this one. Now, usually I pretend I feign excitement, but I'm excited about this one. Welcome in the beginning of another edition of the fifth hour because four hours a night on the overnight are not enough. Not enough. We do this eight days a week. This is the Friday podcast. We attempt every week to scour the sporting world to talk to people that we're interested in or people we like, our old radio friends, people along those lines. Occasionally, we even have listeners on last week. Jay Scoop, the famous P1 from Seattle, was on our show talking about the song that he and just Josh put together for our overnight show, so we're excited about that. We are joined yet again by David Gascon from West of the 405, who's getting the full he's getting the full fifth hour experience this weekend because <laughs> we'll talk more about Gascon's uh, uh, rather marginal performance marginal. as a uh, producer Oof. on the show this week. But you're 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 now living my life, Gascon, having to do the overnight show and then come right back and. Have a little podcast fun in the salt mine here. Yeah, I, I race home, try to sleep for a few hours, wake up, try to cook something, and then speed my ass into heavy traffic back to the studio. Yeah. But uh, welcome to my world. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for this one too, especially because we, we do so much in the gaming world. Uh, not necessarily you know with one particular sport, but I, I'm always fascinated with the way that things have gone. You would talk about bullshit calls, bad calls. I mean, you, you know, the yeah. infamous call in the uh, NFC Championship game with the Rams a few years ago. Um, <laughs> a blown well, that was a great call in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. <laughs> uh, so let me good. stop you right there. But you, you're referring, if you haven't, if you've cheated or if you haven't cheated and, and looked at the the headline on the on the podcast, we are chatting. We're going to have here in a couple minutes, Tim Donahue. Yeah is going to join us. He is one of the more infamous figures in American sport, uh, an NBA official. If you don't know his story, I'll give you the truncated version here. So he was a referee from the mid-90s to 2007. 
The reason he stopped being a referee is because the FBI uh, opened an investigation. Uh, they were investigating sports wagering. The mob was in t- it was involved in this. Uh, Tim Donahue was betting on NBA games, and he was officiating those NBA games, and it, it was a huge scandal. Although the NBA, for the most part, was able to sweep it under the rug. It's a fascinating crisis management story. David Stern's NBA, the late commissioner, and they we'll talk to Tim about this, but they, they said he was the lone wolf. He was the only one doing it when there's anecdotal evidence right. that there were plenty of referees that were doing maybe not the exact same thing Tim Donahue did, but similar activity there in those days. And it all just kind of went away. And the NBA media said, OK, you know, they said this happened. That's all that happened. That's it. No more investigation. And uh, and we just moved on. It was wild. Well, it's the extension, right? Because you always say the the NFL network is, is tied to the NFL itself. Oh, yeah. So state sponsored media. State sponsored yeah, so media. It's fascinating to me. I was thinking about this with having Tim on is if you thought that maybe in a situation with Tim where where teams were obviously knew something was going on, but they didn't do anything about it. Do you think the NBA would have been susceptible to a class action lawsuit from gamblers because of wages lost? Well, as I remember, I think there were some lawsuits that were filed by season ticket holders that claimed that, if I remember correctly, fraud, right? Yeah, like because they bought tickets, it was a bad faith. They had agreed, you know, the NBA had said the the integrity is, uh, you know, the game, and there was no integrity and all that. But as far as the cover up, the greatest quote all time from someone in sports media that I, I, I wrote it down and I I still remember it to this day because it was so good. When Peyton Manning was involved in a steroid scandal, there was a documentary that outed him as a steroid cheat. And the NFL media were fighting with each other to bury the story. But Keyshawn Johnson, uh, who was at ESPN, I guess he's back at ESPN now, but he had one of the great quotes of all time to, to cover up and protect the almighty. Uh, Keyshawn said of, regarding Peyton Manning, he said he didn't do it. If he said he didn't do it, it didn't happen. Then it didn't happen. He didn't do it. That's it. And uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, Jim, Jim Nance on uh, CBS said it's a non-story on all levels, or on all levels it's a non-story, something like that. And, uh, of course, you know, many people believe it was not a non-story. It was absolutely 100% true. The Al Jazeera reporting about Peyton Manning and the clinic in Indianapolis. That was a great doc. I remember that specifically because I, I went on a trip to Europe on vacation and you had texted me the link to that story and I watched the entire documentary on a train ride. I was, oh, was, it, I was, was really fucking intense. It was riveting. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I still, I, I am still in contact with a couple of the people who made that documentary for Al Jazeera. And there's lawsuits. We've, we've wanted to get them on the podcast. I, I, I love that documentary so much, and it just got completely buried by the sporting world. Although that documentary, which everyone said was a, you know, bogus and was no credibility, the, the catcher for the Chicago Cubs, Teagarden, I think was his mm-hmm. name, something like that, Taylor Teagarden, I think that was the name. But anyway, he, uh, he ended up getting suspended by Major League Baseball for performance-enhancing drugs, mostly based on that that documentary. So there was credibility. And once the there's a lawsuit involving Ryan Howard and Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. And once that is officially settled, uh, we're going to get one of these people, one of the people I've been communicating with from Al Jazeera on the podcast. But this is about Tim Donahue. Yes, yes. Uh, David Gascon, Tim Donahue, uh, the NBA referee, someone I, I'm excited. Actually, a listener recommended this. 
a P1 said, hey, you should get Tim Donnie on. I said, well, that's a great idea. And I said, why didn't I think of that? Uh, I mean, this is a guy who I've watched these documentaries. I've read books. I've read plenty of stories online about his situation. It's fascinating. They've made a movie about his story. But uh, let's welcome in now former NBA, I guess you got to say disgraced NBA referee to tell the story properly. All right, so Tim, I, I've been looking forward to talking to you. I'm, I am fascinated. I've, I've watched uh, documentaries about your story. I've read you, you wrote a book. I've read a bunch of stories online and all that. What is the question, though, Tim? As we welcome you to the podcast here, what is the question that you get asked most about your story? Uh, pretty much, they want to know if I fix games, and uh, I think that's the biggest misconception out there uh, that I went out there and put star players to the bench that a lot of these bets would win. And, and I always revert uh, back to the fact that Phil Scala, who was the supervisory special agent on my case, wrote the forward for my book and said that I told the truth at every turn. And, and in the book I said that I didn't fix games. The NBA said I didn't fix games. And, in fact, the FBI came out and said I didn't fix games. So I think there's a lot of things that come out from time to time about me fixing games, and it just didn't happen. The thing about your story, there's a lot of it that I'm fascinated by. I covered the NBA when you were an official, and I, I remember you know seeing you randomly at games uh, over the years there. And I, you know, you don't you know, officials, as you know, being a referee, you know, there's some guys that stand out, other guys that don't stand out. But the NBA, the efforts they went to sweep this under the rug, like you were the only guy, uh, and they just wanted to make this all disappear. Uh, were you the only guy involved in this kind of stuff? Uh, definitely not, because there was a lot of uh, other referees that the FBI actually wanted to indict uh, um, because they were going into these games with a preconceived agenda of what they were going to do. And they were discussing that with uh, you know me, and that's why I was able to pick these games correctly at 70 to 80% of the time. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, it, it's it's fascinating. And I, we, we hear this catchphrase all the time, you know, integrity of the game. And every sports league says it. They all use that phrase when something happens. Uh, do you think there's actually integrity in the game, that this phrase that gets thrown around so often? I think that they like the fans to think that there's a, a lot of integrity into the game. I think now, uh, um, after my situation, uh, I think that they're doing more to, to make sure there's integrity into the game and trying to keep these personal relationships that exist between officials and players and coaches out of it. Uh, I think this last week we just saw in the NHL, there was obviously a, an official that they fired on the spot because he was saying that he was going to do things to, to one of the NHL teams. And, um, you know, whether that call was correct or incorrect, he, he talked about it and, and it was something that he set out to do. So uh, I think there's, uh, especially with a lot of the veteran officials in professional sports, uh, there's relationships that exist both positive and negative, and it's, they spell out onto the floor. So uh, you're the perfect guy to ask here, Tim. The the makeup call, which as a basketball fan, you watch these games, you're like, well, of course there's makeup calls, but people around the NBA often will say, well, that doesn't happen, that doesn't exist. Is there a makeup call, Tim? Explain the makeup call when you're calling a game in the NBA. Absolutely, there's a makeup call when you uh, make a call against somebody that uh, you know you may think uh, you know wasn't that good of a call. Uh, and somebody comes over to you and, and you discuss it with them and they say, you know, you owe me one. You know, obviously you, you feel bad that you made a poor call against them and you want to make sure when you get down the other end that uh, you give them the benefit of the doubt or you give them a cheap foul back that gets them to the line. So, yes, there's definitely makeup calls. What went down when you found out this whole, you know, you were gambling on NBA games and when you when the FBI started snooping around, who did somebody tip you off? How did you find out? I know you've talked about this uh, occasionally, but for those that don't know your story, maybe forgot, like, how did this all go down? Because you were doing this for a couple of years, at least, and then everything hit the fan. Yeah, it was actually at the end of the year in 2007. I was just getting ready to uh, play around the golf, and Tommy Martino called me, who was one of the uh, co-conspirators on the case, and told me that the FBI had been to his house that day and, and had been to his house, uh, you know, three or four times prior to that, and, uh, you know, that they were snooping around asking questions about what we had been doing, and I had been giving him information that he had been passing along to uh, James Batista, who was associated with the Gambino crime family, and that, uh, you know, it seemed like we were going to be in a lot of trouble. And, and then what did you do after that? Did you contact an attorney immediately, or did you, like, just freak uh, I out? did. I, I basically yeah, yeah. Hit, hit a major panic button, uh, you know, went home, uh, contacted a, an attorney that I knew that lived two streets over from me, and and we basically got together and discussed uh, what I had known, and we went into his office the next day, and he called the United States attorney who was working the case and uh, basically had me on speakerphone, and, and the guy said, uh, you know, you tell Tim Dungy we know what he did, we know who he did it with, uh, he's better off coming to us uh, rather than us coming to get him, because if we have to come get him, he's going to go to jail for a long, long time, so... Uh, I think within like 24 hours, I was on a plane to New York meeting with them. 
Wow. And then as far as the NBA part of it, we, we know the commissioner, the late David Stern at the time, really made a big point of you were a lone wolf. You were the only guy that did this. But what kind of interaction did you have after that with NBA officials? Really nothing. Uh, when John Lauro, who was a former federal prosecutor, was uh, one of my attorneys, he called up the NBA office and said that we'd like to come in and sit down with them and uh, you know show them what we did and how we did it. Uh, they never uh, took us up on the opportunity. They said they would call, give us a call back, and uh, they never did. And the uh, you know, way David Stern handled it and, and just continuing to bury me in the press and claiming that I was the one bad apple on the whole staff and nobody else had anything to do with it. Uh, you know, it was just something that really rubbed not only me but my attorneys and the FBI's uh, agents the wrong way. So, I mean, you obviously think you were the fall guy, right? That you were the, they were going to use you as this, the scapegoat, even though other guys were doing similar things, correct? Uh, no doubt. I mean, I definitely did something wrong. I don't want people to think that, you know, I, I uh, you know, uh, got in trouble for something I didn't do. I definitely was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, and But there was other people that, you know, really gave me this information that I used that was able to, uh, you know, like I said earlier, make these bets correctly 70 to 80 percent of the time. You know, another thing, Tim, about, you know, your story and being a referee all those years before, obviously, this this whole thing popped up, the the superstar call. Can you can you walk me through this, Tim? Like there's a there's a different set of rules for the headliners in the NBA, it's been this way seemingly watching the NBA for, for a million years, but you were right in the middle there of the arena. So what guidelines do they give you guys as referees, or did they give you back in those days when it comes to a different set of rules for the, the superstars? It's definitely the, the veteran referees that really sit you down and, and uh, you know, show you how to survive in the league as a young referee. And I'll never forget Jess Kersey, who was a veteran referee one time, said, you know, when Michael Jordan goes to the hole and there's a crowd, if he, you know, misses his shot, just blow the whistle and give the foul to somebody because he didn't miss that shot on his own. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of different scenarios where if a star player fouled somebody and it was his third or fourth foul and you could give that foul to somebody else instead of giving it to that star player, uh, you were told to give it to that other mediocre player because people didn't play thousands of dollars to sit courtside to see these star players on the bench. So there was a different set of rules for the star players uh, that helped them, uh, you know, uh, become those stars that they are and stay at that level uh, that you were supposed to do as a referee to continue to help them. Tim, based on your experience and and where you've been and what you've seen, um, Ben had brought a little bit of this up earlier, but do you think or do you get a sense that there's any kind of overlap between what what happened in the NBA with you guys back then to maybe the National Football League or college football or college basketball? Uh, you know, I think that at every level, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, relationships that exist, uh, both positive and negative, that spill out onto the uh, playing with the with the officials and the, and the coaches and, and the players. So, you know, I think at every level, uh, people are getting the benefit of calls uh, based on relationships or kind of getting it stuck to them based on prior uh, situations where, you know, a referee wants to stick it to somebody. So I think there's a lot of situations that take place, uh, you know, 
know, between the referees and, and the playing participants uh, that both positive and negative that, that affect the games. Based on, on where we're at now, I know it's easy to play catch 22, but um, you know, with where we're at social media wise and the way that things are looked under a microscope, do you think you'd have the balls to do something like you did then now in today's world? Uh, definitely not. I'd, I'd like to think that if I ha- ever had a second chance or I could go back in time, I wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, I had a great job, making great money. Uh, it cost me everything. It cost me my family, my job, my freedom. So, you know, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, I wouldn't do what I had, uh, you know, done in the past. But, uh, you know, it's it's something that, you know, we all know you can't turn back time. Well, I mean, speaking of that, relationship-wise, family-wise, what's that like for you now in today's world? Is there any kind of connection with you and family, anything of that nature? Uh, You know, definitely. I mean, I have four daughters, and uh, they all live with me now. I think the best thing that happened through the whole scandal was that I I got divorced. So that was one positive thing that happened from the whole thing. But uh, other than that, there really wasn't anything positive from it. That's interesting. Um, with where we're at in, in today's world, with all these sports leagues, you know, getting in bed with you know MGMs of the world and Bally's and and companies like that, are, are, do you suspect or do you think that maybe not officials, but do you think athletes one day will fall prey to gambling debts and things of that nature? Yeah, I think definitely they'll. Uh, fall prey to gambling debts because there's so much gambling that goes on. You read about how much gambling goes on on the planes, uh, you know, to and from games, or uh, you know how much gambling goes on at uh, you know these card games behind the scenes and, and the amount of money that's bet. So definitely, I think they'll fall prey to major, major gambling debts. But you, you don't think that they would ever, uh, you know, be in a position where they would do something on the court because of the amount of money that they make. Uh, you know, in in their job, that they would ever jeopardize that. What's the most you've ever wagered on an event? Uh, there were times where I ra- wagered five thousand dollars on the golf course, or there were times where I wagered five thousand dollars on a you know sporting event. Uh, you know, whether it was a college football or an NBA game. Wow. Interesting. Hey, uh, Tim, uh, to follow up on what Gascon said there, the NBA and all these sports leagues have embraced gambling. There's a lot of money. It's like a a gold rush now in uh, gambling advertising. It's becoming legal across the country in different states. And eventually, I think pretty much everywhere outside the Bible Belt, it's going to be going to be legal. How, how, how do you look at this? Considering obviously you, you admitted you did something wrong there, but the NBA had always been anti-gambling, anti-gambling. Now they've totally wrapped their arms around gambling. How, how do you look at that considering your situation? No, I think it's going to come down to the revenue and how much revenue that they see uh, that's projecting to go into their uh, pockets. And when you talk about having 20,000 people in these stadiums and the interactive betting that you're going to be able to do, maybe sitting courtside and being able to place bets, not even leaving your courtside seat, I think something uh, that's going to generate an enormous amount of revenue for the leagues moving forward. And, And I think they're going to take advantage of it. All right. I also wanted to ask you about the just the, the meat and potatoes of officiating. Watching the NFL over the years, Tim, we've always heard in, in watching the game, you can call holding on every play. As an NBA official, there's contact on almost every play in the NBA. Could you call a penalty? And it wouldn't even be a wrong call, but could you call a penalty on every play based on the, the, the physical contact in an NBA game? 
You could because they want the physicality out of the game. They want a free-flowing, high-scoring game, and they always seem to be adjusting the rules so that that continues to take place that they have high-scoring games. So any kind of really bump, hold, or, or push, you could really blow the whistle at any, any time. But as a referee, uh, you know, you get yourself in trouble if you're calling those fouls on star players that put them to the bench. They always say if you're going to call those things to clean up the game, to create a free-flowing game, to make sure you call it on players that don't matter. Now, for those that don't know, you were the official in two of the more famous games in recent, somewhat recent NBA history, the Malice at the Palace. You were there for that, the Pacer-Pistons brawl, which was an uh, amazing visual uh, act. And then also Game 6 of the 2002 Western Finals. That was the Laker-Kings game. Uh, As far as the Laker-Kings game, that was when the, the Lakers got 18 more foul shots what happened that night, Tim? Did somebody uh, send a message down from the league office? Like, how did that end up happening? I think that's a misconception. That was Bob Delaney, not me, who refereed that game. But it was oh, you Delaney. were not there. Okay. No, that was Delaney, Bernhardt, and Bavetta. And uh, that was, I believe, game six. And we all knew with Bavetta on the floor that that was going to go to a game seven because he always said that he was the NBA's go-to referee, that he was put on game sixes to uh, make sure they went game sevens. And uh, with L.A. being down in the series, he was, you know, put on that game to make sure it went to a game seven. And, and he talked openly about stuff like that. I, I mean, I just remember that series, Ben. I don't know if you do it in terms of game seven, but. Sacramento has shot less than 50% from the free throw line in game seven at home. <laughs> so that game, that's... Yeah, they, they really had a problem. They, everyone thought they were going to go home in game seven and win it. And that when they didn't, they really just all they did was continue to talk about the game six and how screwed they got. Tim, if, if you were to look at this from, from our perspective, because Ben and I go at this at pretty good length with each sport, but like in the game of baseball, Major League Baseball has, in certain sites, you can actually look at umpires to see what kind of games their, their totals go over or go under, strike zones and things of that nature. If you had to do what you did back then with any sport, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the NFL, college sports, which sport would you do that with? You know, I think the easiest sport to, uh, you know, get away with stuff like that, I think, would be the NFL because I think when you uh, discussed earlier, you could really call holding on every play or every other play if you wanted, and you could let it go on the plays that you wanted to. So I think when you talk about uh, making calls to affect games that really nobody could really pick out, I think it would be in the NFL. And, and Tim, I'll go back to the – you were at the mouse at the palace, right? I, did I get that one right? Did I get, did you I, did. Okay. So what – I watched that on television. It was insane on television. You're in the middle of it. You're the you're the rules guy. Like with the other, what like what what's going on there? And and what just kind of walk me through that night and when everything went to hell and the guys are fighting in the crowd. It's about a minute to go in the game, and it was really a non-eventful game. The game was over, and uh, after a free throw, Ben Wallace and I think Ron Artest kind of got into it a little bit, and as we were reporting fouls and breaking things up, uh, Artest went over and sat by the scores table, and someone from the stands threw a full cup of beer on him, and he just uh, got up and, and beelined right for the fan and, and got a hold of him, and the players were up in the 
in the uh, stands fighting with the fans, and then fans came onto the floor and they started fighting on the floor. So it was just a situation where every time we thought it was going to calm down and stop, it got worse. And uh, you know, it, it was at the point where we couldn't play the game, the final minute of the game, and we just called the game. Did you catch a haymaker at all? No, thank God, because, uh, you know, I had problems with Rashid Wallace in the past, and, and I had my one eye on him at the whole the whole time because I thought maybe he'd try to swing at somebody else and think he was swinging at somebody else and clock me, so I kept my distance from him the whole time. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did that relationship stem from when he was in Portland? It did. It was a problem in Portland where, you know, he didn't like uh, a technical foul I gave him, waited for me out in the parking lot and actually wanted to fight me. And and, uh, about 10 people held him back, thank God, or he probably would have killed me. Oh, shit. How how many other guys did you have a beef with? Are there (laughs) other guys that stand out that were players that just didn't, you didn't get along with them, they didn't like you, you didn't like them? Uh, you know, Chauncey Billups was a tough guy to get along with. Uh, for me, just him and really Rashid Wallace were difficult to get along with. I got you. Are you, are you still friends with any of these people in the NBA? I mean, you worked there a long time. There's some of those guys are still around. Do you still talk to those guys? I did. I actually just spoke to Bonji Wells and Rashid Wallace not too long ago. I did their podcast and uh, had a great conversation with them. Uh, I, I do, from time to time, email a couple different owners that I stay in, in contact with. And, uh, you know, other than that, uh, there's not too many people that I, you know, I've been in contact with recently. I got you. And, and you actually have a website, uh, for those that don't know, and it's, uh, it's Ref Picks. Explain this to me. Tell, walk me through what this is all about here. You know, refpicks.com is a, is a website where I have a bunch of uh, sports handicappers that work for me. We guide people through uh, the sports gambling industry, and hopefully at the end of the week you're collecting from your bookie rather than uh, paying your bookie. And, and also we kind of vet people out to make sure they're not uh, getting themselves in too much trouble uh, gambling and, and kind of guide them in the right direction. I mean, are you still betting on games, Tim? Are you still, uh, you know, occasionally? No, I'm not betting yeah. on games myself because it was a, a difficult line that I kept crossing and uh, got me in a lot of trouble. So I kind of stay away from, uh, you know, betting on the games myself. I just kind of guide people in the right direction. I got you. Hey, Tim, thanks for spending some time with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial.
Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.